Hey, Better Days family. Welcome to Better Days Podcast, the summer session. I'm so glad that you are here. Make sure to check out the weekly practice at the end of this episode. For more content from Better Days, check out our website, betterdaysfmly.co. If you'd like to support this podcast and the work we are doing around mental health and suffering, click the donate page on our website. I'm running solo on this episode, and I'm really looking forward to discussing this particular subject. Today, I'd like to have a conversation with you about anger. It seems like in this moment, there's a lot of anger over a myriad of issues in our world. And as we process our own anger in relationship to societal issues, relational issues, it would be good for us to begin this episode by saying, what have I been angry about lately? And just on a basic overarching level, what is anger? How should we think about anger as followers of Jesus? And how can we learn to process anger in a healthy manner? On that last note, don't miss our weekly practice at the end of today's episode, all about processing anger in a healthy manner. When I was thinking about anger as an emotion, I thought back to my formative years of learning about this emotion in my family of origin. My family may have been a lot like yours. We would hold anger in until the point of eruption. Conflict consisted of yelling instead of talking it through in a calm and kind manner. Honestly, I had no idea what anger was other than what I felt inside of me when I was angry and how to process it in an unhealthy manner. Anger can be a confusing emotion. It is also an emotion that is often hard to navigate. Anger is an emotion that we feel when we experience injustice. Injustice is the opposite of what is right. That is why we feel angry when we're wronged. Being wronged is a violation of God's design for human life and flourishing. And so there's a lack of equity that you and I innately deserve when we're wronged. And we feel that and anger is an emotion that expresses an injustice, a being wronged by some source outside of us. Sometimes we experience actual injustice and feel anger. Other times we experience perceived injustice and feel anger. Sometimes anger is a response to being wronged. Other times anger is a response to unmet expectations. Sometimes our anger is a mask for hurt and sadness and pain inside of us. Sometimes anger surfaces because of perceived injustices that may not be real, that may be formed in distortions, cognitive distortions inside of us, that we're creating maybe perceived judgments about what somebody's saying about us, how somebody's acting toward us. Sometimes anger surfaces in unhealthy ways because of a denial of healthy processing over relational wounds and pains from outside or past relationships that we project into our current relationships. And sometimes anger surfaces 
because of frustrations that have been brewing, ruminating inside of us. And we take that out on relationships, on people around us, because there's these frustrations that we have not dealt with or processed through. All of us have various ways of processing our emotions, particularly the emotion of anger. Some of us, in relationship to anger, we have volcanic anger where we erupt. Some of us, we have boiling anger that is just masked inside of us. It's hitting, it's underneath the surface. We may be smiling, but it still exists under the surface. Some of us, we have slow seething anger that spills out. Some of us, we're just passive aggressive and that's our form of anger. And then some of us, we show the physiological um, orientation of anger with red face and elevated voice. And uh, we project into a situation without bursts of anger. All of us have different ways of processing anger and responding in anger. And let me say this, there are two sides to anger. There is a healthy side to anger and there is an unhealthy side to anger. The healthy side is really important to point out because anger can be healthy and it can be channeled in a right way. We cannot demonize all feelings or expressions of anger. There's also an unhealthy side to anger. Anger can be unhealthy and it can surely be channeled in a harmful and destructive way. One person said, thinking of anger in a positive way, they wrote, anger gives us the energy to fight for what we love. That's a great example of maybe a positive orientation of anger. Sometimes we get angry at hurt, at pain, at injustices, and we're able to fight for something that we love. One of the most important questions when it comes to anger for followers of Jesus is how should we think about anger as a follower of Jesus? The first foundation to process through is this. God himself feels and expresses anger throughout the Bible. The Bible has this theme about God being slow to anger, that there is a patience in God's nature that makes him slow to express and respond in anger. Since anger is an attribute of God, we cannot conclude that anger in and of itself is bad. God has different reasons or objects of his anger. As J.I. Packer says, one of the leading thinkers of our time, he says, God's anger is a right and necessary reaction to objective moral evil. Let me help you to understand that. When God looks down on human beings mistreating each other, human-on-human oppression, human-on-human injustice, human-on-human hurt and pain because of some sort of violation of his design for human flourishing, God feels anger. He sees the injustice. He sees the oppression. He sees the violations. He sees all the ramifications that ensue because of those orientations, human to human, in a wrong and unhealthy and sinful way. And he feels anger about that. And then 
outside of just God's own nature, the Bible actually talks a lot about anger. In Ephesians 4, verse 26, it says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. James 1.19 says, Be slow to anger. Romans 12.17 says, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. And Romans 12.19 says, Do not take revenge, my dear friends. There is so much wisdom packed into those sayings and those verses. Here are a few aspects of anger that are brought to the surface. First, the object of our anger is important. What are we angry about? That is such a foundation for having a healthy relationship to anger. Second, the reality of our anger is important. Is it perceived injustice? Is it a perceived wrong? Or is it real? Is it objective? Did it really happen? This is why being slow to anger is important because we have to process what the object is and we also have to process whether it is perceived or reality. Also, slowness to anger is wise and healthy. To be patient in processing and responding to this human emotion that is wired into all of us Self-control in responding to the emotion of anger is so valuable. In addition, resistance to taking vengeance into our own hands is very important. There is a slowness to anger that allows justice to play out in its due time. Anger is a strong emotion. And if we're not slow to anger and we let anger just build deep inside of us, and there's no self-control in responding to the emotion of anger, it can also be very destructive and detrimental. According to Dr. Gary Collins, human anger clearly can get out of control and cause a variety of problems, including vengeance, verbal and physical abuse, and passive aggression, all of which are destructive not only to our own soul, but also to our relationships. Conversely, on the positive side of anger, Dr. Allender and Dr. Longman in their book on human emotions write, righteous anger warns, invites, and wounds for the greater work of redemption. That's a beautiful statement. And it means that anger can lead to positive change. It can lead to healing. It can lead to restoration. It can lead to honesty and communication about the wrong that was done to you. And it can bring redemption in many facets of human relationships. Now, I do want to note that there are some wrongs that we feel angry about that are of such a heightened nature, a destructive nature, that maybe a personal relationship with that human being isn't wise moving forward. For example, on the destructive side of nature, when there is abuse, sometimes we feel angry and we don't put ourselves back in that situation again with that human being. There becomes a permanent boundary 
because of a severe violation of injustice toward us. I bring that up because I want to point out that there are nuances to human relationship restoration when it comes to injustices. And not everything goes back to the way it used to be. Sometimes there's separation and boundaries in a healthy way to protect another person from entering back into an unjust, abusive pattern and relationship. So the question that I want to end on is how do we process anger in a healthy way? Since there's a healthy form of anger and an unhealthy form of anger, we need wisdom to be slow to anger, to not give rise to immediate vengeance taken into our own hands, and to allow there to be some sort of reflection and processing. So I want to give you seven tips to processing anger in a healthy way. First, acknowledge your anger. Denial of anger is not the way to process anger in a healthy manner. It is a real human emotion. And we need to admit that anger exists inside of us when we feel that emotion. Second, take time to reflect on the situation that made you angry. Give yourself time to be still, to think about why I'm feeling anger. Take time to ask yourself, what hurt me? What wronged me? Was it real or perceived? Is it something that I need to go back and communicate about after I've thought it through and reflected on it? Or is it something that may be ruminating inside of me that I have perceived and it might not be objective, real injustice toward me? Third, allow yourself time to physiologically cool down when you feel anger. A healthy cool down period is a great way to practice being slow to anger. Fourth, take time for self-reflection. Self-reflection could be, how am I going to communicate this? When I do discuss what hurt me, how I was wronged, or do I have a contribution in this disagreement, in this situation with this other human being? Or it may be, how am I growing in understanding this emotion? And how am I growing in responding to this motion in a healthy way so that it does not deeply embed inside of me? Fifth, communicate in an honest, self-controlled, and healthy manner. After you've taken some time for reflection, after you've taken some time for a healthy cool-down, after you've had a little self-reflection as well, when you do communicate to that person that you feel like injured you, hurt you, did wrong towards you, there is a great tip that honest communication looks like this, being clear and being kind. Healthy communication around conflict, around injustices, around hurts, brings a clarity so you state what hurts you, you ask the person about it, and then you do it in a kind way. Honest, self-controlled, and healthy. And then, sixth, be aware 
of the roots of anger embedding and rooting in your soul. Sometimes when we don't process anger in a healthy way, it begins to grow and form a life inside of us that can be really unhealthy for our soul and our relationships. So be aware when anger begins to root and embed inside of you. And then finally, forgiveness is healing and freeing when it comes to anger. Harboring anger against someone can be destructive to our own soul. That is why forgiveness is so important. Forgiveness does not absolve the wrong. Forgiveness does not dismiss the wrong. Forgiveness does not immediately heal all the damage. Forgiveness releases you and I from carrying the burden of anger and bitterness inside of us, which we were not designed to carry. Unresolved anger and bitterness will eat away at our soul and will be like a weight that we carry around. It causes us to be affected. The wrong that was done to us begins to dictate our present and future. Forgiveness allows us to experience freedom and health internally. And forgiveness releases the burden of being stuck in a state of bitterness and anger. And now, once we forgive, we're able to move forward with our life with freedom and internal healing. We give ourselves the opportunity to begin the healing process. So here's your practice for the week when it comes to anger. Being slow to anger means we give ourselves time for reflection. It means that it is wise to practice a cool down period. And we notice the roots of anger developing inside of us and we choose forgiveness as a pathway to healing and freedom so that we don't become stuck and paralyzed by another person's wrong against us. And again, I want to encourage you, forgiveness does not immediately heal all the damage, but forgiveness can be the beginning of the healing process. I know that being wronged is hard and hurtful and painful. Trust me, I've lived there. I've experienced it. But I also know there is a way to process through our anger in a way that is healthy and right and life-giving for our future. And it actually can bring redemption and healing. So let's think about how we're engaging with anger and let's begin to put these practices into practice in our own lives. And I want you to know always, there are better days ahead. Much love to you. Talk to you again next week. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for your help in spreading the word about Better Days podcast to bring hope and help to people walking through the hard moments of life. You can find more resources at betterdaysfmly.co. Join us for another episode next week. There are better days ahead.